0: Chapter 7 I slammed the fridge and dumped out the leftovers onto the counter. Stabbing a piece of lettuce with a fork, I forced it into my mouth, then spit it out. I stomped over to the bed and fell face down onto the mattress. Carper had invited me to dinner. At least it was a party and not him and me, unless party meant for two. My stomach coiled. He wanted me there in the afternoon like it took two hours to look amazing. Who was there to impress? Mom? I lifted my head up from the mattress. Would she be there? No matter what she was like, I'd make mom proud. That's my girl kind of thing. More than likely, she'd already heard about the new girl who leaped over a booth without knocking over a single peach and ran as fast as the eagle could fly. When I heard a knock on the door, I pulled a blanket over my head. Go away, Jimmy. I would tell Jimmy you missed him. I fumbled out from under the blanket as the door clicked behind Carper. I scrambled off the bed. The devil and I were alone. Relax, Perro. Carper said. It's not like that. The walls seemed too narrow, as if they wanted to squeeze me. Carper leaned against the wall near the door, either to keep a distance or to let me know there was no leaving. Carper stepped forward. You were great out there, you know. Couldn't we discuss this at your party tomorrow? He folded his arms. If that's what you want. Why was Carper playing kind? Maybe that was the way he worked. Lay down the rules with intimidation, then act gentle to draw me in. I wouldn't take the bait, and I certainly would never let him be my king. What do you want? Your talent. He threw an object toward me. I caught it easily. It was the necklace. This had to be a mistake. I don't understand why you're giving this to me. Wear it, he said. Never take it off. Why? Then the answer hit me. After seeing me run as fast as I had, Carper would ensure I didn't take off. The necklace might track me if I did. It wasn't a key to rescue Mom. It was a curse to keep me in. I choked the pendant with my fist. "'longing to throw it out the window and embrace my fate. "'Seems like you figured it out,' he said. "'You're clever.' "'I never considered my big mouth as clever. "'Dad called it sarcasm. "'Yet today, maybe because I ran faster than the gingerbread man, "'I'd outsmart Marcus and caught Carper's attention. Good night. Carper left. "'I fingered the mysterious word on the back of the wooden feather. Yesterday, I'd wanted it to mean that Mom would return to me. Today, that I'd return to Mom. Wasn't that why I'd come? With a grunt, I threw the necklace on the floor and fell back on my bed. I stared above. On the ceiling was a string attached to a cutout. I scurried over and jumped to pull on the string. A ladder unfolded from the ceiling. Huh. I checked the lock on the door. Not that it made any difference so far. I grabbed the necklace from the floor, put it in my pocket, and scurried up the ladder like a squirrel, my head popping out in a greenhouse made of clear glass walls and ceiling. Six garden beds held large green plants that resembled lettuce. Were those the mysterious Lee that Jimmy had spoken of? I brought a leaf up to my nose. It smelled sweet, a much better aroma than the average leaf. I let it flutter to the garden bed. Between glass walls on my left and right were other greenhouses. A warrior appeared on the roof to my right and picked a handful of plants, shoved them into his mouth, and walked back down. I wiped the hand that had touched a leaf on my pants. I propped myself against the garden bed, and pulling out the pendant, traced the mysterious word on the back of the feather. The necklace had to stay on. Carver would find out if it wasn't, and getting home wasn't an option without it. Fine, I'll wear it. Never wear what you weren't created for, a voice said. My heart drummed in my ears. A man appeared out of nowhere and sat on the ground across from me. He wore a long robe and wooden sandals like I'd heard of in the holy words. His smile lifted his short white beard and revealed taut wrinkles on his face, the color of oak tree bark. Acorn eyes met mine and twinkled as if he were a wise old uncle who never expected to meet me because he was from one universe and I from another. How'd you get here? I asked. You weren't here a second ago. I don't know. Elohim directs me. Ah, Lasari. Does Elohim often direct you to magically appear? He scratched his beard. Has Elohim made you magically appear? And somehow appeared in another universe? I guess so. I shifted at the silence that followed. He smiled and watched me, as if quiet meant talking and studying faces meant listening. Pero Moshe the Chosen. His eyes sparkled. Henry must have told him about me. Are you the Lusari leader? My name is Hoshia. You can call me Shia. Henry had mentioned that name. From the sound, I assumed Shia would be a woman, but Shia was in fact a Hea. I bet you wonder why you're here, shea said, to find my mom and bring her back home. That was it. No tearing down walls, no killing doctors. You can't escape Elvahim's plan for you, Pero. That's exactly what I wanted to do. What if I did escape? He smiled. Then he'd bring you back. I rubbed my temple to stop a headache. Or was it a mind ache? You are more important than you realize. Shea said. Because I can run fast, or because a rich man invites me to dinner parties? A breeze picked up in the evening air, and I shivered. When Shia stood, he walked over to me, took his giant cape from around his shoulders, and covered me with it. It smelled like pine and felt like a heavy hug. Unlike Dad's sweater, Shia's cape was soft. I shivered again, not because I was cold, but because I had been has sat down next to me, his legs nearly double in length than mine. Do you realize what it means to be chosen by Elohim? It meant that I had to leave everything. Whether or not you choose to obey Elohim, has said, if you use the power he's given you for your own gain, you'll only get what you want. But if you choose to use the power for others, you will win many battles. There's a great plan for your life. Elohim has made it known to me. The lee plants swayed, yet the greenhouse was quiet, as if the evening breeze absorbed all sound. Just like my distant grandpa Abram, Shia seemed to be a prophet. What could he see that was so great? So far, my life had involved hiding and being hidden. Elohim has chosen a few others. One is in this very city. My mom, I said. Shia shook his head. Dr. Carper. What? There was no way Elohim would pick someone like Carper to fulfill his plan. Carper may not use his power for Elohim, but he is chosen, and you must protect him from harm. No, nausea punched my gut. I only came for mom. Didn't they have order and pick up parking spots in this city? Shia remained calm. You are his guard and are chosen by Elohim to save his life. Save my enemy's life? I clasped my hands together and squeezed. I can't do it, I stood up. And besides, Carper isn't an Abram, is he? Doesn't matter, he's not one of the three chosen to bring power. Elohim's chosen Carper as the first king of the Lazaris. Jimmy wanted to see Carper destroyed. Kill Carper or save him? Who and which was right? How do you know it wasn't your own thoughts? I asked. Shea stroked his beard again, the same way I know I was in the Lasari's camp one minute and was here on your roof the next. But why don't you ask Elohim? He may have an answer. Elohim doesn't talk to me. Are you sure? She disappeared. I jumped and my heart beat faster till it felt like it'd been replaced with the volcano about to erupt. Would anyone else appear then leave me feeling smaller?